This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Belkis, with Omnia Salah, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday. One more day until Eid. One more day until we have uh, our Eid shows right here on Pulse 95. Tomorrow is Eid, inshallah. Yes, and uh, it has been a very, 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 very long month of Ramadan, but a very happy month of Ramadan. Yes, indeed. And it, it feels like a Wednesday dressed up in a Thursday because we are very excited for Eid tomorrow. Hope you're all having a blessed afternoon and ready to find out about the latest on what is happening in the tech world, starting with Facebook. There's a lot of news that Facebook and Instagram, I mean, they're all sisters and siblings. Facebook, Instagram have been planning on releasing an application, more specifically Instagram. They've been looking into launching an application that is mainly catered towards children but there's a lot of rejection coming from different entities why is that and should we not have an instagram mainly aimed for kids yes and we're also talking about how amazon has blocked 10 billion listings of suspected face fake goods now we do know that amazon has been having a problem recently with resellers and sellers in general selling fake goods or just uh i think sometimes it's just uh, overpriced goods Mm. as well and uh, they sell it at the same price as the originals yes indeed coming up on the show if you've been interested in getting an air tag especially the ones that apple has launched from their in-house productions you may just want to stay tuned to our next segment because we're going to be talking about air tags being tested for their privacy feature a mother out there used them to track its kids just to see if People and hackers can use it to track other people. Was she successful or was she not? you got to stay tuned to find out all about it. Yes, and we're looking at Facebook taking the Twitter approach and how they want you to make sure you've read the article you're about to share. Now, back in 2020, towards the end of during the presidential election, the U.S. presidential election, we have seen that Twitter actually made you read an article before you retweeted it. Mm-hmm. And now Facebook is doing the same. What kind of information are they trying to to reduce the spread of well we'll be telling you all about that right here on pulse 95 pulse 95 daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world at what age should children get to have an instagram account a facebook account a twitter account whatever you want to call it whatever social media platform what age is the best age for them well Facebook and Instagram have decided to make that age a lot younger no matter what it was because they thought if they can go ahead and create an application that is mainly catered towards those children, then people would love that. People would support it and more parents would trust social media apps. But the reality is completely opposite to that. Yes, now attorney generals from 44 states and territories have actually urged Facebook to abandon its plans to create an Instagram service for kids under the age of 13 13 and they were actually citing detrimental health effects on social media on children and facebook's reportedly checkered past of protecting children on its platform now 
I 100% agree with these attorney generals. Yeah. Uh, social media has uh, a lot of effects on a person's mental health. And we've seen that with young, old, and uh, even middle-aged people. So uh, exposing these children under the age of 13 before they have reached puberty, before they have uh, even your your brain hasn't developed even until you're 21 yet. So uh, but under the age of 13, you're obviously you have a lot of things that are underdeveloped which will affect your train of thought and will affect your mental health. So uh, I'm with these attorney generals. I think uh, after the age of 14 with parental supervision, Mm. then a child should have a social media account. I agree. I even think 14 is too young, but looking at it as a guideline, I think it's fine as long as it's not too young. But under 13, I mean... Kids have got to be kids, you know. Putting them on social media means also leaving them susceptible to online hate, to self-comparison, to bullying, to content that you as a parent may not be okay with your kids witnessing. And Facebook did try to make compromisations with this new app that they were launching for Instagram for kids that are under the age of 13. And they said that they're committed to not show ads. So in an Instagram experience for children under the age of 13, there would be no ads on this app, which I understand it's a big commitment from Facebook. It's I mean, they're putting on the line lots of money that they would have made from targeted ads. But does that still it still means that kids are susceptible to all the other things that social media tend to show. The ads only impact what Facebook gains out of this. Now, lots of people have been talking about what age should children get on social media for and how to protect children from online uh, harm. And it's one of the very few things that people around the world can agree on, if we would put it this way. Yes, and the attorney generals actually did say that those young kids are actually not equipped to handle the range of challenges that do come with having an Instagram account or in general having a social media account. And those challenges do include obviously online privacy and their permanence of internet posts and even navigating what appropriate to view and share. They also did know that Facebook and Instagram had reported 20 million child abuse images in 2020. So again, uh, it wouldn't be the best platform to throw children on when Facebook has had a problem in the past with child abuse images and that was only in 2020 uh, that's that's on the side of everything that happened pre 2020 yeah. so uh, again i am with these attorney generals i don't think it's uh, uh the right time yet and um i said 14 because i was 14 when i had my facebook mm. account or i'd be even i think a little but even younger mm. 12 years old but the internet wasn't what it was today like it was today back mm. when i had a facebook account uh, the internet wasn't as mainstream. Facebook wasn't as mainstream. Now everyone, literally everyone has a social media account and everyone knows how to work one and everyone knows how to communicate on a social media account. Now that is a bad idea because children are naive and children are still not mature yet. Mm-hmm. Thus, uh, that's exposing them to a lot of things that might not be the best idea at such an early age. Me. As a man, as an adult, sometimes I'll be on the internet and sometimes I'll read something or watch a video that will influence my train of thought, that will influence the way I think, the way I feel. The and ideas make me, you have about the world. Yes, and yeah. make me emotional. So let's think about that happening to a child. Absolutely. And Facebook did have an attempt to create a social media app 
for kids alone, not with Instagram, but with a Facebook Messenger kids app. It's catered towards children between the age of 6 and 12 years old, 12 years old. But again, this is a Messenger app that you as a parent can go ahead and control. So you can control who your child chats to. You can control who your child has on their friends list. And lots of online interactions and group chats with strangers are not being approved by parents. And so the children are not going ahead with them. So with messenger apps, I think, okay, it's fine because kids do love to text anyway on their phones. Right here in the UAE, statistics show that the youngest age that a child gets a phone at is seven years old. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving a child a phone at seven years old, which I don't advise... Um, but if you still are, then at least giving them the Messenger app is better than having them text on any other app since you have a lot of control with. But with Instagram, it's a newsfeed. It's the algorithm that you're dealing with. This is not something a parent can control. This is not something anyone can control apart from Instagram and Facebook themselves. So I do hope that this doesn't go through and that Instagram does not create that kids app for children. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts. Our text lines are open for 215. Do it to Salat or send into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. At what age do you think a child should be allowed to get their first social media account? Coming up on the show, we're talking all about Amazon blocking the listings of some suspected fake goods. How many are we talking about? Keep Pulse95 locked to find out all about it. You're listening to Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about how Amazon has blocked 10 billion listings of suspected fake goods. Now, well, actually, this has been happening for a while now. A lot of people have been complaining to Amazon that there has been a lot of fake goods, and Amazon has been removing those listings. But the number of prohibited listings has grew by 67% just last year as more counterfeits did try to use the platform during COVID-19 to induce an e-commerce boom or actually benefit from the COVID-induced e-commerce burn. Now, we do know that Amazon has been under pressure from shoppers, brands, and even politicians in the U.S. to crack down on counterfeits on its site. And it recently did say that it has blocked more than 10 billion suspect listings just last year before any of their offerings could be sold. Yes, indeed. And whenever we're talking about shoppers getting or falling into the trap of getting a fake good, the whole reason behind this is once again the COVID-19 pandemic. People have been buying online more than ever and more specifically from Amazon. I mean, the number of videos you'd find on YouTube about Amazon buys and weird and random things that people get from Amazon is mind-boggling. But looking at it, you know, the number of these fake goods or fake items that you buy out of Amazon is, is it's not a new issue. It's something that Amazon has been wrestling for for years now. But since 2019, Amazon did warn a lot of its investors that the sale of fake goods does pose a risk on the company and its image and that caused a lot of people to kind of stop this act. Yet brands may not want to sell their items on the site if they know that there are fake versions being offered and knockoffs could cause shoppers to lose their trust in Amazon. So looking at it, this does harm the overall image of Amazon. If you know that a website is selling fake goods, why would you go ahead and buy anything from it? And a lot of people, whenever they buy fake goods off of Amazon, they feel like it's their duty to tell others 
if something they bought is fake so that you don't fall into the same trap. But why do we have to have the trap right there to begin with? Yeah, now, uh, again, uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of us uh, resorted to buying things online. I've bought a lot of things off Amazon. Actually, I don't think I bought anything else except off of Amazon. And uh, Amazon has actually been wrestling with counterfeits for years. However, since 2019, it has warned investors in government filings that the sale of fake goods does pose a risk to the company and its image. And just like Omnia said, no one wants to buy anything fake. So if it is well known that Amazon sells fake goods, no one will buy from it. Now, Amazon did say it can stop counterfeits before they can sell anything thanks to machine learning technology, which does automatically scan listings to remove suspected counterfeits. Now, the company also did give brands a way to remove fake items from the site themselves rather than reporting them to Amazon and waiting for it to do something. So they even gave uh, freedom to the company. For example, if I am Adidas and I'm looking at a fake product, I can remove it myself mm -hmm. if, I, uh, if I'm if i Adidas. So I do believe that is a great initiative. But again, uh, I just feel like uh, there's a lot more that Amazon needs to do. Yeah, you know, uh, they're still counterfeit products maybe, out there. Maybe send a product to Amazon to check, but um, I mean, that could be duped. They could sell, send yeah. original, then send. Ah, we'll but see what they got to say. It's good that they blocked 10 billion. I mean, looking yeah. at it, 10 billion listings is not a small number. But let us know, have you had any experience with buying items off of Amazon that you later found out that they were fake and not the original? I think the best way to go about this is reading the reviews. Unless you're the first buyer, then <laughs> that's very unlucky for you. But reading the reviews can definitely get you very far when it comes to buying original products off of Amazon. Coming up on the show, we're talking about tracking kids with Apple AirTags. Now, don't be too fast. Don't be too fast to judge. We're just testing out the AirTag. I'm a, a very innocent mom wanted to see whether these AirTags could be used to go ahead and track individuals by testing it on her own kids. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. Check this out. Check this out. Today's Check This Out is all about an interesting experiment that a mother decided to do on her own kids. To you know, it's in the sake and in the in the what do they call it? It's for science. It's for science. Yes, <laughs> it's it's all to test out tech, not for the mom to track her kids at the same time. No, not at all. You know, why would we think that? But there's a mother out there that decided to track her kids with Apple's AirTags just to be able to test out its privacy features. Aren't AirTags safe or are they not? That's something that we'll be revealing towards the end of the segment. But it's interesting because I never I, I, when I first read about the AirTags, I thought, wow, that would be a great way for moms to find out where their kids are. But then towards the end, as they were talking about, or Tim Cook um, was talking about how it wouldn't be used to track other people and hackers can't access other people's uh, locations. I was like, oh, maybe it's not going to be serving that purpose. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we're looking at this mom, quote unquote mom, who clipped the keychain. <laughs> with one of Apple's new tiny blue track Bluetooth trackers onto her son's book bag and waved goodbye to him on the school bus. And as she watched her, her, her uh, Find My iPhone app on, on, on her iPhone, the bus stopped at a light a few blocks down from the street. But then 
the tiny key did actually detect uh, that uh, the he person, was still moving. Yeah, he was. He stopped moving. Oh yeah. And the item was last detected seven minutes ago at a busy intersection, just then less than a mile away. Traffic maybe five more minutes passed with no update. Is there an issue with an app? After another ten minutes, my heart started racing. Still nothing. Now this is words from the quote unquote mom. <laughs> now finally the tracker was detected four miles away in front of a school. Relieved, she decided more information in this case was worse. She go back to just tracking her keys. Now Apple did later say or told her that the delay was due to the tracker needing to communicate with Bluetooth on other iOS devices in the Find My network along with the bus route before the AirTag's location could be updated to iCloud and the app. So uh, the experiment, experiment actually did highlight how easily these trackers could be used to track another person. After all, she did know the moment he arrived at school and when he got back on the bus to head home. So uh, it wasn't, let's say, live tracking. Yeah. But uh, still, it was tracking in general. It was still good enough, especially if someone like a hacker or a kidnapper just wants to know the location so that they can go ahead and be there waiting. These trackers can come in handy. Now, when Apple launched these AirTags, the main aim behind them was to help people keep track of valuable items, whether that was your keys, your wallet, your laptop, your car. It could be placed on anything and give you a digital footprint of absolutely anything. And location trackers aren't something new that we're only finding out about in 2021 because Samsung did release similar products in the past. Tile is one of the most known brands to have released uh, location trackers or uh, Bluetooth trackers throughout these tiny gadgets. But AirTags do or are on a pedestal because of their technology. So they're known to be able to track people's location not people's locations see now i'm using air to track people's locations but they're known to allow you to track your items and belongings locations because they have much more precise location detection there are part of a bigger ecosystem with apple and different iphones and ipads and whatever devices that you have so even though they're only intended for items there are different safeguards that apple is trying to place to make sure that they're not used in the wrong ways for unwanted tracking. Yeah, I mean, they have that ultra-wideband technology that does uh, give them uh, a, a, let's say, an upper hand on Tile and Sony and Samsung. But while AirTags are intended for items only, Apple has added safeguards to actually cut down on unwanted tracking. Now, for example, the company does not store location data and it will send an alert to an iOS device user if an AirTag does appear to be following them when its owner is not around. Now, if the AirTag does a retether to the owner's iOS device after three days, the tracker will start to make a noise. Now, uh, the safeguards are a work in progress as the soft software actually does roll out and users do begin interacting with their devices. Now, I do think that uh, regardless, there's mm -hmm. so many other ways to track people. And uh, again, if if it's just the way it was intended it's not apple's fault if uh if people use it to attract people that's like saying uh it's uh it's it's a manufacturer's fault for mm -hmm. for for manufacturing knives right why did you manufacture knives well they manufacture it so i can cut stuff not cut people yeah but then it's also on apple to maximize privacy i don't know i feel like apple needs to find a way around this because Keeping it out there, it could cause more harm than good. Yes, it's great to help you track your belongings, but then are we also putting something out on the market that 
could be misused in a very, very bad way. Uh, what's interesting about the AirTags is they also, from my understanding, they take about three days to make a sound to, or they will take three days to stay quiet before they make a noise to allow you to find them. So let's say you lost something completely and it, that AirTag can no longer communicate with your device for any reason. It will take three days for the AirTag to make a noise, which three days is a long time, honestly, to work for an AirTag. But three days of tracking is more than long enough to also create a privacy risk. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think about the Apple AirTags? Would it be something that you'd consider buying? Do you think it's causing more harm than good? Hanny thinks it's not Apple's fault. I feel like Apple needs to maximize the privacy a little bit more. Share your thoughts with us. Coming up on the show, we're talking all about Facebook, wanting to make sure that we have read an article that we are about to share. But before we talk about Facebook and articles, let's talk about some cash. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the last day. I'm so sad that this is the last time we talk about the Ramadan Fawazir, at least for this year. Yes, uh, maybe we'll have some future talk riddles, but without any cash, maybe we'll have cash. Depends on uh, who wants to sponsor us. If anyone who <laughs> wants to sponsor us is listening, let us know. Uh, we'll do some uh, future talk Fawazir or some riddles. But today's riddle is a one-seeded fruit I may be. But all of your calendars are full of me. What am I? Mm-hmm. And it's super easy. It's so easy. I mean, if you want 500 dirhams, today's your last chance to get them. And what a great, what a great riddle to end. It's very symbolic in Ramadan. Yes, it's one of the most eaten dried fruits in Ramadan. Right? Yes. Is it a, yeah, it is a fruit. Yeah. Yes, it's very symbolic in Ramadan. You have uh, Prophet Muhammad. Yes. Uh, he uh, he said that it's. I think. Eat them in eat, odd numbers. Eat them in odd numbers. Yeah. Three, five, uh, One, seven. three, five, and yes. seven, and nine. So make sure you. It's it's something that we always break, break our fast yes. with. <laughs> yeah. We have the same hints today. Yeah. Um. But do you want to do? You, what was yesterday's riddle? Did we get it right? Yes, uh, we got it right. It was a little bit too specific per mm. se, but uh, oh yes, the question, the that. riddle was, or the riddle question was: Four clever men sat down to play and played all night till the break of day. They played for cash and not for fun, with a separate score for everyone. Can you explain? And the answer was: We are a quartet hired to play. Ah. Quartet, I mean, it's more like a band. Yeah. Like a band has like four people. I don't know what kind of band has like nine people. But uh, <laughs> quartet, that's a little bit too specific. But uh, someone they got did. it right, obviously. Yeah, and they so, did ask to explain. So I guess that was the explanation. Pretty specific. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to the person that got 500 drums. But again, one last time. For that one time, a one-seated fruit I may be. But all of your calendars are full of me. What am I? We gave you so many dates, uh, so many, so many hints today, and uh, yeah, I'm hot, I'm tired. So Are you tired? Uh, yeah. Well, you seem like you're hungry as well. Yeah. Coming up on the show, we're talking all about Facebook, wanting to make sure that you have read the article you're about to share. You're listening to Pulse ninety five. Pulse ninety five. Pulse ninety five. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse 95. 
What's worth a click and download now? What's worth a read before you share? And now that's what Facebook is doing because they want to make sure you've read the article you're about to share. And that new pop-up is being tested starting today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we do know that Twitter took a similar approach back during the 2020 presidential U.S. presidential elections to stop the spread of misinformation. Now, we do. I don't think there's anything uh, political or controversial going on. So it's kind of weird to see how Facebook wants to do the same. And they want us. I mean, we obviously should be reading our articles before we share them. But why such a change of heart all of a sudden? Well, I think it's just them trying to copy Twitter. It's great copying, don't get me wrong. Fighting misinformation, no matter what social media platform it is, if they're, if this is how it's choosing to do it by copying Twitter, well, let it be. Because at the end of the day, it is helping us minimize the amount of fake news out there. But it's interesting because when Twitter started testing it out, that was back in June of 2020. It took them a year to look into implementing this feature for Facebook users. Now, many users were actually annoyed by this feature on Twitter that they had to read the entire article before sharing it or at least scroll through it to give Twitter the notion that they did read through it. But Facebook is saying that even though some people may find it annoying, it is helping people become more informed about what it is that they're sharing and hoping that this would help combat the spread of misinformation that Facebook was struggling with in the past. Not opening the article can also lead to missing key facts and headlines don't always tell the full story. It's like reading a book or judging a book by its cover. So now whenever you're about to share an article on Facebook, you will have to basically read it a bit, at least read the headlines. And honestly, even without Facebook announcing such a feature, I think it's very important that we know what we're sharing. At the end of the day, your timeline, your news feed, it is a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of what thoughts do you agree with, what do you don't agree with. So if you're choosing to share something without being conscious about what it is that you're sharing, you're also liable to what it is that you share. So I do like what Facebook is doing to try and combat misinformation, but to also yes. help Facebook mm. become a much more positive environment. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the time we see people just read headlines or titles and uh, retweet or reshare whatever uh, they think uh, is the narrative that mm -hmm. suits what they like best. So a message will warn that not opening the article can lead to missing key facts, just like Omnia stated, with headlines not often telling the whole story. But you know what tells the whole story. The Halftime Show, the only place to be at three with the man himself, Omar Adouri. There's always a tagline for Omar somewhere is. in yeah. our last segment. How are you guys doing? We're doing Alex good, brother. Good. We're very excited, excited for... for yeah. The eight shows tomorrow. Oh, the eight shows are going to yes. be on fire tomorrow. I can't wait. You're already dressed up for eight. I am. I am. I'm feeling in that kind of mood today. And on the show today, we're talking about reflection of Ramadan, how it went on a health and fitness perspective. Mm -hmm. So we're tackling that. What we can do to kind of reflect and be grateful for after the month has passed now. We're also talking about Manchester City, who have been just crowned champions mm -hmm. in England. And we're talking about the fight game as well, just to try and lift the energy in the room on today <laughs> yeah. on the Halftime Show. Past 95 Radio It's coming up. So make sure you stay tuned. <laughs> Yes, and uh, we do wish you guys a very happy Eid. Tomorrow is Eid. Right? But we will have that Eid show tomorrow as well. But I wanted to be the first one to tell you guys. You know what I'm saying? They can join us starting from midday tomorrow. So 12 p.m. 
the entire Paul 95 team will be gathering up, enjoying the gemat that Aisha and Mazmi will hopefully bring with her. Aisha, if you're tuning in, you got to bring them with you. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Arabic coffee. Like 10 years we're talking about gemat. <laughs> She does bring them every now and then. Um, but we want to wish you all a blessed Eid. Hope you have a wonderful iftar today. It is our last day of Ramadan. So we're yes. bidding farewell. And we'll see you once again on Sunday, bright and early from 2 to 3 p.m. Keep all 75 locked because halftime show will be kicking off in six minutes. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.